Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Young Pratt, and I'd like to thank you for joining me today. Our guest today is Susan Scarlett McCaw. Susan is a woman with many talents. She graduated from the Cal Poly Architecture School and worked as an architect for five years before embarking on her entrepreneurial journey. She operated her own fitness studio for women in San Francisco, is co-owner of a bicycle manufacturing company, and owns ME Health and Wellness right here in Elko, Nevada. She believes in being part of the community in which she lives and is an active member of the Rotary Club in addition to serving as treasurer for the Elko County Art Club, which is where we first met last fall. An avid runner and cyclist, Susan combines her passion for physical activity with all aspects of wellness. She now coaches people to connect with their inner self through personal development and behavior change. Susan guides her clients to live more fulfilling lives and says sometimes you need to find the humility to admit when you need help. Welcome to the show, Susan. Wow, thank you. Well, you told me that when you first moved to town, the art club was one of the very first places that you went. Why was seeking out the arts so important to you? I think because I find that artists um, are open-minded and they tend to be, I like, being motivated and inspired by how they can organize great pieces of art with chaos. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm a person of order. Um, so I, I, I like kind of like having people that are a little bit that will challenge me in my orderly ways. <laughs> So I, I think that's why I, I just thought um, visiting the art club as the first place to get introduced to the uh, community uh, would be the, be- the the best place for me. And I think that's fascinating, too, because I think most people, when they move to town, you know, they go check out what's happening maybe at the gym or they go to you know, the schools or the chamber of commerce. So I thought it was so striking to me that you said that one of the first stops you made was the art club. So I I just think that's so very telling about what I know of you and, and how you live your life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I also, um, the first thing that I did when I came to town, I, um, I contacted one of the nonprofits in the area and asked if they had a run, they had a 5k run 
and I'm a runner. So I thought I would volunteer and that way I could meet people. And then I met Sarah Sweetwater and we started talking and she said, you have to come to the art club. So she's actually the one that uh, kind of put the fire on me to just go visit the art club instead of, you know, emailing or, or, or doing it in a different way to just go in and visit um, their gallery. So I, I, I got to give kudos to Sarah for, for pushing me in that direction. And for those listeners who aren't from our town locally or who ha- have no idea who Sarah Sweetwater is, Sarah was such an instrumental part of our community and really brought the arts into the mainstream in our town. And so we actually lost Sarah fairly recently. And so being able to let her memory live on through the connections she's made at the art club is such an inspiring story. Yes, that's well said. All right, Susan, with a background in architecture, you've obviously learned to harness your creativity in a very artistic manner. How has the arts contributed to who you are today? Oh, well, I think that um, one of the things that interests me about how art has touched me um, has been that you can be a little bit more free and you can um, kind of bring up that innovation and that creativity that we all have. But art is the only form that allows you to do it, in my perspective and how I was taught. Um, it didn't matter when you were painting if you got out of the lines um, because you were painting. It was art. Um, or even if you were coloring, when you had to stay within the lines, you know, that there was a certain um, aspects about how actually life is and how it relates to art all by itself. Uh, but I think the main avenue that allows you to go there is that it doesn't restrict you. You know, art is kind of, you, you pretty much go with, your feelings and you can um, put your that it's it's the one art that allows you to have your feelings first and allows you to have your emotions be expressed uh, with judgment or without judgment it doesn't really matter that you are actually free to express yourself um, and that's one of the things I like about artists you know that they can um, if they cannot express themselves with words like poets do, which is another form of art, in my opinion, uh, they do it through painting or they do it through sculpture or, you know, they just, they have a talent within themselves to express themselves in the medium that fits them the most. And that's awesome because I know that, you know, in, in my work every day, I talk to parents a lot about the benefits of the arts and say, right now you've just listed several of them. And from what you've told me so far, you know, to you, art is about freedom. It's about expression. It's about creativity. And those are all really important skills for, for not just our kids to learn today, but it's something that as adults, we need to go back and relearn because I think that we forget that part of ourselves when we reach a certain age. Yes, yes. And, you know, that brings up the point that I, that I, I'm very fortunate. I think when you were reading uh, my introduction, you pointed out that 
you know, I'm an architect, but I also, um, an entrepreneur. And I think because of the training I got as an architect, uh, which provided the exposure of the arts, but it also provided the, the exposure to the mathematical sense and the engineering sense of an architect, uh, and how it actually provided this set of skills uh, that now as an entrepreneur, I can come in and out. And I think that's the part of coming in and out that creativity allows you to have. The, most people think if you have a, an engineering mind, if you're a left uh, brain person, that you're more likely to not be creative or enjoy the arts. And I think that you can have both, you know, I think you can have your cake and eat it too, or whatever the expression is. But I, I do believe if you allow the arts to impact you, not necessarily in a way that you're producing art, I think that art can be produced in different ways. So in my case, I think the arts have allowed me to be comfortable when I don't know something. And it challenges me to learn something new. And I just continue to apply it over and over again. So it's the same set of skills. I just happen to apply it in different businesses. So I'm, you know, I, I just, I'm going to go back again to uh, that we all have that creativity, but we have to believe in it. You know, we have to be, um, I think we have to be taught and even told that we are creative and that there are ways of bringing the art outside of ourselves. And I completely agree with you. And there's a fascinating bit of research, and I don't know offhand who, who did this research, but basically what they did is they, these researchers went into some schools and they polled kids when they were in elementary school and asked them how many of them thought they were creative. And, you know, of course, 100% of the kids in elementary school thought they were creative. When they got to middle school, that was significantly less and by the time they reached high school, a very small percentage of them thought they were creative. So somewhere along the way, we're having a disconnect between what it means to be creative. Yes, yes. And that leads me quite nicely into my next sort of question as well. You know, when I think about architects, I think about people who are really excellent problem solvers. From, you know, remodeling a house to designing an office space, architects literally have the ability to create something out of nothing or take it or basically take the situation at hand and see what's what they have available to work with and create a new solution yeah and i would say that architects are constantly using their critical thinking skills and their master problem solvers in addition to being artists why is the ability to problem solve and use critical thinking skills so vital for kids these days? Oh, that's a good question. I think um, there is so much, um, there is so much to learn out there. And I think when you are a child, you are in a discovery process and there is so much to discover nowadays. Um, 
that I think what helped me to become an architect was really the opportunity that I had to play with blocks. Um, I grew up and my grandparents, um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents who had a carpentry shop and a lot of their, my toys, even though I had Barbies, a lot of my toys ended up being putting blocks together, nailing two little blocks and, you know, building little houses without even knowing, uh, at least for me as a little kid, you know, as a seven-year-old, not knowing what it meant. Um, but because I was exposed to so much, um, I think, creativity, and my grandmother was a, um, a wood carver, um, I think it, it allowed me to see creativity and art as something that you're with. You kind of are born with it. You, the problem solving, um, you kind of learn it as a child and you have no boundaries, right? When you're a child, everything is possible. You can go to the moon, you know? So I would make bridges that would always collapse, but they were bridges that I was making. So I think um, it, uh, that, that part of the brain got, you know, that mechanical part, I think, got developed as I was playing, just because I was playing. And um, one thing that I think about on when I see kids nowadays, and uh, we are so easy, I don't have any children, but I see other kids that it's so much easier to give them um, an iPhone or, or, or a tablet so that they can entertain themselves. And I wonder how much, what's going to happen 20 years from now with those kids that are, that are not exploring all the things that there are to explore when you don't have boundaries. Um, you know, there's, there's in, in a tablet world, I believe there's no a what if scenario because someone else has designed a program for you to follow or for the child to follow. So, I mean, and I, I don't have any science or anything about it. I just, I just look at myself how, how I have transitioned from career to career and still manage to have a successful self, you know, in, in whatever in whatever, um, I think in whatever path I put myself through, um, that I am actually pretty good at figuring things out because I haven't forgotten that creative side of me. And that's such a great point because, again, I think people segment their lives like they do in school where, you know, we're only going to learn math right now and we're only going to learn science and we're only going to learn English. And when that bell rings, it's onto something else. So I think it's very much the same thing, how we kind of make that conscious choice about choosing to believe whether or not we're creative. And that's, of course, informed by our family situation, what happens at school. And the bit about technology is also quite an interesting topic because here we are using technology to communicate. You mentioned at the very beginning before we started the interview that it was kind of funny that we were we were on our computers talking to each other when we live in the same town and literally work across the street from each other. 
but it's this technology that allows us to be able to spread the message about what you do and what we do here at the Academy as well to a bigger, more global audience. So I'm very grateful for technology and I, I guess maybe we need to inspire our kids to not just play that game, but, but really challenge them to say, okay, you've played this game. Now let's see what you can create. So we're using technology positively rather than using it to be a babysitter and, and letting them, you know, soothe themselves by watching TV. But let's challenge them to use their creative skills, use their problem-solving skills, and create something new for the world. Yes, completely correct. I mean, that's, I think, you know, I think one other thing that I haven't touched, which is creativity, is I believed that um, I went back, I was an architect, I went to school to be an architect, and I think I wanted to be an architect since I was in fourth grade, um, and I was introduced to an architect and what architects did. Uh, but another thing that I think has driven my careers has been movement, and just... Um, I'm, I'm a runner and I'm a cyclist and, you know, I'm very good at it. Uh, but I think part of that notion of movement and, and the creativity that happens when you move, it's almost the same abilities that I learned when I was making blocks and I was trying to see how long I, how many little blocks I could nail to see how long I could make that stick or that bridge. You know, it was, it was kind of like, a, it was really the movement of it. It was my hands working on something um, that connected me. So I, I love technology. I don't know what I would do without my technology. <laughs> I work with technology all the time. And, and um, as an architect, you make a model and then you put this model in a computer and, you know, you work, everything is in the computer now. So but before I even do that, I have to go into that 3D world on how we live life, where we move, you know, horizontally and vertically and we rotate. So I think that um, just as important that the arts is more than just painting, that the arts is also moving your body, you know, that there is that other part of how we learn, at least how I've learned. Um, when I was in college, I ran competitively for college. And um, I remember taking, I was doing uh, at that time, taking trigonometry. And I would memorize a formula. And then I would try to solve a problem as I was running laps. So, you know, it's like, and I'd solve it in 800 meters. And, it, it, you know, it's like, I almost believe that the reason why I was good at it was because I was actually moving, <laughs> you know, so my brain is moving, but my body is also moving at the same time. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but I just, <laughs> I just wanted to point out that it's more than just painting, that it's also movement. Yeah. And I think this is one of the topics that I really love to talk to parents about. It's the fact that, 
each of us learns in a very unique way. There's no two of us that learn exactly the same. And really, there, each of us has eight ways that we can know and relate to our world. And one of those eight is being very kinesthetic, being very body aware and having to move our bodies to make those connections in the brain. So when kids are in school, they're often not able to do this because they're forced to sit in the desk and there's very little movement. And when they do move or they start to fidget, you know, they're quickly labeled as ADD or ADHD and there's something wrong with your kid and you should medicate them. When really the reality is they just need to move when they're learning because their brains function better when they're moving their bodies. Yes, I agree. A hundred percent. All right, Susan, I'm going to segue into a different kind of topic here. Um, we led a workshop last fall or actually last spring for local high schoolers. And what we discovered is that kids today are busier than ever. Not only does school fill their days, for some of them, their extracurricular activities are overflowing. With so many activities to choose from today, Susan, why do you think kids need to be part of the arts? I think because it develops their creativity in ways that they don't know, you know, and in, 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 even in ways that the parent doesn't know, because you have no boundaries. You are free to do as you please. And I think that's, I mean, you, you know, you, you, when I'm, when I say you have no boundaries, I mean, the child is able to decide if they want to move more or they decide if they want to paint. So I think, um, I think the child needs to try different things to see what is it that works for them. Not necessarily, I mean, they'll find their own talent and they're not going to necessarily find it in a year, you know, it's, it's a development thing. Um, I, I think I've, I'm continually impressed on some kids and how talented they are. And what I notice is that most kids that are talented are those kids who are given the freedom to learn how they want to learn or how they learn best, where they feel most successful. Um, I think when you allow a child to be successful in whichever area they feel more comfortable, they soar later on in life. And that's such a great way to summarize, gosh, everything we've talked about today, that when a child is given that freedom to explore who they are, they can absolutely soar. So I have one final question for you today, Susan, before we wrap up our call. What is one simple tip that you can leave with our listeners to help them incorporate the arts into their life? Allow creativity to take you to your next innovation, whatever that is. That's amazing, Susan. That was a beautiful way to summarize everything that we talked about today really using the arts to inspire creativity, to inspire innovation, to build up those leaders, build them up in confidence and in skills so they can be the next leaders for the world. If parents have questions for you and about what you do specifically, what is the best way for them to connect with you? I have a website and they can 
they can reach me through meandwellness.org or they can email me susan at myexerciseandwellness.com. Excellent, Susan. And I'll make sure that I put all of your contact information into our show notes as well so people can just okay. click and get to you directly. I just want to say thank you, Susan, for joining me on this adventure today. Um, I really enjoyed our talk. Like I enjoy all of our discussions together, and I look forward to seeing what you create in your business next. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Young. Over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking a lot about Howard Gardner and his theory of multiple intelligences, and how he, in 1983, sort of turned education on its head as he talked about the eight different ways for each of us to know and learn. I like to refer to these multiple intelligences as superpowers, as we do at my academy. Well, I have some exciting news to announce. I will be launching my first book on May 1st, all about how you as parents can learn to unleash your child's unique superpowers and how to propel their learning through the arts. If you're keen to follow the process or would like to be part of our book launch team or just want to be first in line to get it off of Amazon, please shoot me an email to young, Y-O-N-G, at elcoarts, E-L-K-O, A-R-T-S dot org with the subject line, I'm in, and I'll make sure that you know everything that's happening about the launch of this book. I cannot wait for you to dive into this book and put into action all the steps I've outlined for you to help you raise a smarter kid through the arts. I also want to say a great big thank you to all of our listeners for supporting me on the journey here on the podcast. I will catch you next week for a brand new episode. Thanks and have a fantastic Friday. Mm